Are you ready to become awesomer? Hello, everyone. My name is Umar Hamid. I'm your host on the No Limit Selling Podcast, where industry leaders share their tips, strategy, and advice on how you can become better, stronger, faster. Just before we get started, I've got a question for you. Do you have a negative voice inside your head? We all do, right? I'm going to help you remove that voice in under 30 days guaranteed. Not only remove it, but transform it. So instead of the voice that sabotages you, there's one that propels you to much higher levels of performance and success. There's a link in the show notes. Click on it to find out more. All right, let's get started. Hello, everyone. Today, I have the pleasure of having Runa. (laughs) Runa, please pronounce your last name for us. (laughs) That's, That's been the first. Same, you know, and I have Runa. Blah, 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 blah. No, my last name is Magnus Daughter. I'm daughter of Magnus. That is brilliant. And anybody that was a fan of the Flintstones would have gotten that reference because <laughs> yeah. he was in a situation where it was like, Mr. Blah, 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 which I thought was brilliant. <laughs> it's a joy having you on the show. And I want you to take us back to uh, March 2018. It's at the UN headquarters. Your partner in crime, Nicholas Haynes, is asked a question and that started the movement. Tell us about that. Yeah, this was a conference, Global Summit Impact Leadership. And Nick or Nicholas or Nick, as I call him, uh, he was on a special panel called Conversation with Man. And the whole topic was around one of the UN Sustainable Development Goals on gender equality. Yes. And Nick is asked, why haven't we reached gender equality? And Nick says, well, it's actually quite simple. It's because we keep putting people into boxes, but not only do we do that to make sense of things, we expect people to live and behave as these boxes. And that's where we go wrong. And his answer, when I listened to him, it was just something that clicked. I just I thought, wow, I've been an advocate for, I would say, gender equity, that we are valued more than equal, more than we are just valued for being a human being. That's been yes. my, my, my thing. And I've been in these movements and I've been working on this. And, hey, I come from Iceland. We've been number one in gender equality for over a decade and the more that I've seen this is growing, the more I've seen the, the two genders like going apart. It's like instead of unity, it's been like the more, women are taking things over, blah, 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 blah. You know, it's like a fight. And that was yes. never, never, never my thought of, of that. That was the intention. So I've been, I was troubled. And so listening to Nick that really made me think and not only Nick started he he continued just to give you a little more insight into this matrix moment of mine because Nick he continued and says um he talks about what happens if you were a man and you love nothing more than to take care of children your family to create an environment where everyone feels safe and secure and and you're judged. You're told to man up, not to be such a, well, I'm not going to use the words yet. Um, and, and you're basically judged. And at that point, I thought, I went back in time. 
because mm -hmm. my ex-husband for the last three and a half years in our marriage, he was a stay-at-home dad. Right. And I remembered he was just. And right there, when I and, and when I'm listening to him, I just realized not only was he judged by others, but here I was, the woman that that wanted equal things. I just noticed I had judged him too. Yeah. And that that just was devastating when I thought about that. When I, oh my God, I judged him. And even though he was taking care of our children and our our home to so that I could actually you know, be the breadwinner. Um, and then Nick said, or what if you're a woman and and you are just fast forward thinking? You're a go-getter. You want things to happen. You're told to slow up, slow down, not be more of a ladylike, be more diplomatic. And then I went, holy moly. I thought, that he's just describing myself. He's just talking about me and my upbringing I could just literally hear my mom go, Runa, wear a dress. You know, you don't be so confrontational. Be more of a lady. You know, it was just voices that I could basically hear being judged because I didn't fit into the typical stereotype of being a woman. Yeah, it's amazing. You know, when somebody holds up that mirror to you, yeah. uh, when, I, when I first got married, I'm not a racist person at all. And my wife pointed out, do you realize that, you know, if there's a group of people there, you will say that black guy over there or that white guy over there that you see color first. And I had no idea I was doing that. And it wasn't with any malice, but a, a lot of times when we're in our box, we don't even realize it because the box has transparent walls yep. and we can see other people's boxes, but we can't yep. see our own. No, it's too, so true. And I would have said myself, I would, before this incident, I would have said, oh, me racist come on but now i'm saying yes i am and we i don't want to be the, you know i i know i shouldn't there's not like nothing about my knowledge or about my experience it's just if i am just plain honest what i am not used to i look at and i find it a little bit strange yes we're all and we come by this naturally and correctly, because what happens is at the heart of who we are is where we hold our beliefs. And we get most of our beliefs from our parents or uncles or aunts or teachers. And from those set of beliefs, we create a model of the world, how we think the world works. And that model of the world puts everything in boxes and categorizes everything. And what's worse is if somebody puts something there and it's not in your model of the world, that does not exist. And then from that model of the world is where we get our behaviors and some of our behaviors are overt, but many of our behaviors are unconscious that we do without even knowing. And then that gives us our results. And to us and our model of the world, everything is perfect, is perfectly normal. What are you talking about? You yeah. know, I have nothing against women, whatever. There's not a that bone in my body. And then you have somebody point out, did you realize that you did this? And sometimes we get the epiphany and sometimes we attack the messenger because we need to hold on to our model. And yeah, so we're holding on to our box. No, yeah. This is, this is how it is. Yeah. So tell me about the, uh, the methodology you guys came up with to maybe either open up the box or dissolve the box. Tell me more about that. Well, okay. So following this whole aha moment, Nick and I actually in a taxi from the UN to JFK, 
that was supposed to take 40 minutes took two and a half and two and a half hours because there was storm coming up and horrendous traffic. So in that taxi, we decided to do something about this. And we decided to create a movement. We decided to write a book and we decided to create space for people to come together to this is a safe space to basically just explore this because we, we all do this but it's when you when it goes up on the surface like everything else that comes up on the surface then then you can watch it then you can see well what am i going to do with this and then you can do something about it so um six months after that taxi drive we held our very first event which was in partnership with the icelandic embassy in london where we got together people in the um leaders in the, the uk market for gender equality and we had our very first what we called no more boxes breakfast club a nice. space to talk to talk uh nine months after that taxi drive talking about a pregnancy we, the book the story of boxes the good the bad and the ugly came out and that's actually to answer your question because as we were look, went into and look really deep into this, and we have a team of neuroscientists with us and energy people that in the energy field and you know, real professionals that are, are working on with us on this topic, we saw that boxes can be good. They can make us feel safe. They can make us feel we are secured and here I'm, I'm accepted in this environment and I feel good. And that can be a good box. The go that same box, if we're not aware, it can turn to be bad and even ugly. And just as an example, I mean, if you look at relationships, if you fall in love with someone, wow, that's a good box, isn't it? But that relationship can be turned bad and we've yes. seen quite a lot of them turning really ugly. So it's it's really about um, knowing where you are, about that flow as well, because then you and I and everyone else are not static. We're human beings and we have our ups and downs and we are there are all types of things happening for us. So a box can be, it's about this awareness that, Am I putting you in a box that is serving you? Am I? And when I put you into a box, am I then? Am I doing a box that is serving me? Right. And so let me. That, yeah. Yeah. So let me ask you. Tell you a quick story first, and I'll ask the question. I had these defining moments in my life, and one of the defining moments was I was listening to the radio in Toronto, Canada, which used to be my home, and there was a story about this new program that the Canadian government had, which was to get people on welfare and get them to get the education they needed to get careers that would just change everything. And they had the poster girl of that program. She had just become a paralegal, and she was going to all the radio shows to talk about the program. And then the interviewer asked her this question. So, you know, going from welfare and taking this journey to paralegal, what was the hardest part? And I figured maybe the education, balancing things. And she said, the hardest part was my family. Because they were like, why would you want to do that? You're getting a welfare check. Like, it doesn't even make any sense. So A, that blew my mind. And B, here's the question. Is there a, I have a box and my family members have a box, but do we build a box together where all the pieces fit in? And if you try changing your box, you're upsetting the entire family dynamic and then the entire family is like, Runa, who do you think you are? You need to be the good daughter or whatever. So talk to me about those family dynamics and boxes. 
Oh, they can be all sorts. They can be really all sorts. And I think we can all go into that. You know, here is big mama or big daddy or, you know, we don't talk about these things in our family. That could be a box. Uh, it could be, yeah. you know, in in our family, this is how we do things, no matter what. We have always done it this way, and and it doesn't matter if you're suffocating. We are going to continue doing that, you know. Yes. <laughs> and and often these boxes, they might form like speaking of stories. They might form like you know, it's a very familiar story. I think most people are familiar with the the lack of lamp story. Where where um the the young couple they are just having their first lack of lamp and and making that in their new home and um, they decide they need to cut the bone off and um, so let's say the girl is is preparing the meal she's cut it off and and the boy comes and why are you cutting off the, the the bone and she says well that's a good question mom always used to do that. Um, so uh, we well, I I need to ask actually. So she calls up to mom and says, "Mom, I'm just making a leg of lamp here, and uh, my boyfriend just asked, why are we cutting the 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 bone off?" And she goes, "That's a really good question. Well, actually, your grandma always used to do that. Well, I will ask her." So she calls grandma and says, "Well, she's making this leg of lamp, and we're just trying to think why are we always taking the bone off? Is that a reason for that?" And grandma says, "Well." I didn't have big enough path in those days. Yeah. It's amazing how we got caught up. But going back to your, this is the way we've always done it. <laughs> that is not <laughs> just you making fun because pretty much we have our self-identity yeah. and that is precious to us. And when somebody tries to upset the apple cart on our box, that really we go into survival mode and they may have a smile on their face when they're saying it, but internally they've got that feeling. And some, of course, families are externally saying, you will never change this. We've always done this. And what they're underlying is only bad people is not said, but that's really what they're saying. We'll do it this other way. So it's that human condition. So how do we take that and get, I don't even want to say enlightenment because that isn't the right word. Mm-hmm. So how do we get people to switch that norm and realize, wait a minute, there's this concept called a, a Spanish prison. I'm not sure if I've got it right, but this is what it means is let's say I was a con man and I create a circumstance that you voluntarily give me all of your money mm-hmm. and you thought you had freedom of movement, freedom of action, but I made sure that I created circumstances that was the only choice you had. So yeah. it's a prison we don't even know we're in. Yeah. So how do we get people to re- first realize they're in a prison? And then go, I want to do something about it. Because sometimes knowing it's fine. That's fine. We've always done it that way, Runa. Have a nice yep. day. So yep. how do we take that transition and get people to realize, wow, we don't need to be stuck in this way? Yeah. Well, there are, there are well, we found out, and we are really in this in this research mode and, and using all sorts of techniques to to create that space. Because that really, if you look, I look at it as, if you look at it as a box, Mm-hmm. And you look at you, you you first you need to actually realize that you are in a box. That's absolutely the first thing. So when you realize and you're aware, that, oh my God, I'm in this box. I just keep doing this. I just repeat this thing, and up here I know it's not the right thing for me, but I keep doing that over and over and over again. So it is about having the space and be courageous enough to open it up. 
Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Now, if it's full of things that might have served not even your parents or grandparents, we could go way back one. Oh, yeah. And way, way, way. And, and you have the courage to open up and create that conversation about just like that conversation about the leg of lamb. Why are we cutting the bone? So you, you, you open up, but why are we still doing this? Uh, in, in a way that is not like, you're not judging. You're just like, I'm just curious. Noticing. Why are we still doing Just noticing. Why am I still doing it? And how is that serving us today? And you can say, well, this is our tradition. Ah, it's a tradition. Ah, okay. So for what? So you can, instead of making it so static and then like you you're not going to be you're not going to be um part of this family anymore if you don't follow this or whatever that that conditions become it becomes more of a conversation about oh it used to be like this and we kind of like thought it was cute to continue just to get you know it was what great 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 grandparents used to do and we kind of like want to hold that ah okay it's just a tradition yeah i'm just going to put that pin in here and that's my tradition off i go that creates a little space so you can take out of that box things that are not serving and you open it up so that it's space for new things to go in or this is one way of seeing and it's been really interesting to see Omar how we how we are different human beings when we talk about this because for some people just the thought of opening something up yet alone to to t- tidy up, they they just get a frightening feeling. So conversations about as you, I know, I know because you are in neuroscience, you know how language is important. So when we talk about expanding the box, so how can we expand that box? So not only do you have more oxygen to breathe, yes. And Look at how is this serving me today? How is this serving my community today? How is this serving the, my world today? If not, what am I going to do about it? So it becomes your choice. Then you can start to have that space to allow other people to come in with you. Have fun at it. Create and make it a good one. Or the ideal well, in our what we ideally want to create is that each and every one of us starts to think about how would my life be without these boxes Mm -hmm. what would that look like and we start and we start to create what we call the human space and each and every one of us, we have to create that because that's a co-creation that we want to be. What do I want to have and be and live in so that there is a there is a certain amount of flow in it and there is this both self-acceptance, self-love and kindness to yourself, others and, and, right. and the planet around you that. But that takes, of course, it doesn't happen overnight. But what we want to do is to create that space for us to at least start to make that drawing. How does that look like? Yeah. And that's a journey. That's just a journey. Because I can tell you it's been now 
close to three years since we founded the this movement. Yes. So and we've done quite a lot. And I can just see that the more boxes that I I stumble upon mm-hmm. <laughs> every time I put another person into a box these days, which of course I do. Yep. yep. I'm I'm just quicker at noticing and I'm quicker to to make a choice of what I'm going to do with this. Am I going to hold that person in there? And how is that really serving me? Do I really need that today? So it's been a lot of reflections going on in these last three years. Um, so balance this for me. Uh, if we were meeting in person, mm. biologically, at a split-second kind of decision-making, I have to initially sort you out in which box, safe or unsafe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And then if I've got you in the unsafe box, then it goes down a different path. And if I get you in the safe box, then it goes down a different path. So A, that's that we're just hotwired to categorize. And then the second part of the question is this, is that you met someone new, you put them in a box, but that box went in your big box. But many things in your big box are incredibly useful and make you delightful and loving oh, yeah. and joyous and a, a wonder to be around. So sorting out those smaller boxes in the big box that are the good ones from the ones that are uh, not as good is self-reflection. So is there, can you and I develop something to add to your movement? And I'll tell you a quick story, then I'll ask you the question. Yeah. Okay. So when I was married, our my marriage started off a little rocky but it got stronger and stronger as we went. And at one point we came up with this brilliant idea that every Sunday morning that we would have a discussion of what happened this week. And you made me feel loved on Thursday evening when you did this. And on Tuesday, you son of a bitch, when you said this, it made me really angry. And it was it was just weekly, just sorting the good and the bad and just chatting about it without judgment, yeah. just strengthened the marriage and we moved on. Is there a way we can actually help each other look inside the box on some kind of thing where it's not, you're not beating yourself up. It's more like a joyous discovery because doing it ourselves is hard to do. Any thoughts on that? Boy, I, I love that question. I really do. Um, one of the things that I felt has been really useful tool for me is to understand. Well, I get, yeah. Are you familiar with this term? treat others like you would like to be treated yeah there was a guy called jesus he's in the bible yes i have heard that yeah yeah, exactly well i understand that whole concept that's not the thing but i think it has been more valuable for me to turn this around to say treat people like they would like to be treated Yes. Uh, in the US, they call it, uh, the first rule is the golden rule. And the second rule, the one you just said, they call it the platinum rule, which is more valuable. It's more valuable. And, and that, of course, does mean that I have to, you know, those split seconds where I'm judging you, um, uh, I just have to be really aware that it's just my own shit that I'm judging from. Yep. <laughs> Excuse the language, you know? <laughs> So for me, uh, my wife passed away three years ago, and uh, I'm in a that. new relationship now. Thank you. Now, it's like really, really new, two weeks. And uh, one of the questions I asked last night was, how do you feel loved? Because mm. I have no idea. No. Uh, but asking that person, you, how do you feel loved? And the, uh, what they answered was kindness. Mm. 
making me laugh. They're just simple, basic things. And it doesn't have to be a lover. It could be, it could be your son. It could be a new coworker. Like oftentimes I ask, you know, how do you like to be led? Sometimes people can answer that. Tell me in high school, which was the teacher that got the best work out of you? What did they do? And sometimes it's enlightening for them. It opens up their box. Then it gives you the valuable information. Oh, you like to be beaten. Not a problem. I can, no, yeah. we would never do that. <laughs> well, you, know, you can go deeper than that, but yeah, it's true. And isn't that a more interesting conversations? I think I will leave you with two really important human traits that we should strengthen. One is curiosity. And the other side of that coin is creativity. And be curious about yourself around the people around you. And then that creativity comes in to go, okay, how can we do better? Or that Runa chick, she's doing this, which is like super cool and wonderful. That's not in my box. How do I bring it into my box to make it one of my things? So Runa, before we part company, and we're going to put all the links to the movement and you, because you're a brilliant coach for leaders. Could you please share one mind hack, one simple trick that you use to get more productivity or happiness or love? What's one little trick that you use to just uh, get more out of life? Uh, I have, I have, I have quite a few that I, that I kind of like to reach out to in times of, of needs. And one of, one of my favorite is, especially when I need to be brave enough, when I need to courageous to step mm-hmm. into something that I'm maybe a little bit afraid of doing. And that is, I, I, I tell myself, Runa, just do it. You're never going to get out of this life alive anyway. Thank you for sharing that. And get out alive. So let me tell you why I think that's really funny. There was a woman that wrote a book on the self-help movement. Hmm. And the interviewer asked her, so, you know, how long has this been going on? And she said, oh, you know, uh, ancient times. She had, she had uh, this uh, one text that was written by a pharaoh in Egypt for his son to be a good pharaoh. So it's like, was it like how to be a pharaoh? She goes, yeah, it kind of was. But what <laughs> brought it up was Marcus Aurelius was one of the books she cited. He had this one book, I forget the name of it. Basic, the chapter structure was like this. So let's say you're talking about family. And he talked about, you know, all the challenges with family. And the punchline was, at least you're not dead. Then he was talking about politics and office politics. The punchline was, at least you're not dead. Like there's hope. Runa, this was such an honor and a delight to have this conversation with you. And hopefully this is the first of many. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you. If you enjoyed this episode, please go to iTunes and leave a five-star rating. And if you're looking for more tools, go to my website at nolimitselling.com. I've got a free mind training course there that's going to teach you some insights from the world of neuro-linguistic programming, and that is the fastest way to get better results. 